Welcome to Make It Happen, a podcast for bloggers and creatives. You're listening to episode number 17. Welcome to the show, everyone. Today's guest is hands down one of my favorite people on the internet. And I have to tell you that I was ridiculously excited to have her on the show. And I'm really, really excited for you to dig into this one. Today's episode features Hallie Gray, who is the marketing mind behind Evolve and Succeed, which is a blog you should definitely be reading if you're not already. Hallie is super, super smart and insightful when it comes to all things marketing and online business. And on the show today, she's sharing with us some really actionable and practical and purposeful advice for any online business owners who really want to succeed in the digital space. This one's definitely a good one for taking notes throughout the episode. Let's jump in. Hi, Hallie. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thanks for having me, Jen. Oh, it's awesome to have you on here today. Um, For anyone listening, I guess, who doesn't know you, though they're crazy if they don't, do you kind of want to share who you are and what you do and kind of just like a little bit of your story so far so they get kind of a bit of an insight into your journey and what you're up to? Uh, I'm Hallie Gray from Evolve and Succeed, and I am a marketing strategist, or I like to think of myself as a marketing mind because my brain is all marketing. And basically what I do is help people uh, figure out the right things to say online that'll help them sell their stuff and what to sell so that they can make more money. So services or products and um, usually the two end goals are either getting booked out in advance with their services or creating passive income with their products. I love that. That's one of the main reasons I wanted you on the show today, Hallie, because I have to say, um, you maybe this is where you, uh, you we first met. I wrote a blog post a while back about people who I take seriously online, the people who are on my list of people who I always listen to and I buy from if they created something that was in my price point and that suited my needs. And you were top of the list because I have to say, Evolve and Succeed is probably my favorite resource out there for information that actually makes sense and actually works and helps. You've given me a lot of aha moments with your blog and one of the things I wanted to talk about today was becoming a leader in your industry I know this is something that we're both passionate about and it's something that you talk about like your insights on it are so great and I was wondering um I guess for people listening what number one why do you think becoming a leader in your industry is so key to doing this to doing this online business and number two kind of whether they start if they want to become a leader in their industry okay well being a thought leader is super important because basically what's going to happen is that online people are going to recycle the same idea over and over again. And there's a lot of idea cults out there, which I like to think of, where the head of the audience takes it, says something like, I like purple. And then everyone in that cult is like, I like purple. I like purple. I like purple. And then it's basically like, oh my God. So what you need to do and being a thought leader is basically saying, okay, well, instead of me taking what other people say and maybe digest, you know, and then just repeating it, I'm going to digest what other, what other leaders or what other people are saying. And then actually think about what I think is true and what is true for my audience. Because on your blog, you don't have to qualify your opinion or your idea at all. So you don't have to be showing all the different spectrum of gray. You just have to be very black and white about what you think is the right way forward. Because when it comes to your website, you are the expert. And so nobody wants an expert to tell them, okay, here are the five different ways you should do it and then not give them a way forward. Everybody wants the expert to be like, you need to do this right now. Because that makes them feel comfortable and safe and they trust you more if if you just tell them what to do. So it's really important for you to be a thought leader because not only does it increase this trust of the people who are following you, it also increases the amount of people who are following you. So 
you will get to a point maybe where you say, I like blue, and everyone around you starts to say they like blue, and then you know you're a thought leader. But uh, what happens is that what ha- a lot of people don't stop to internalize the advice and the information that is coming through, and they just keep repeating it. So it's really, really crucial for you to actually think about what you think is the proper way forward and to make sure that you're not um, – just yeah, just copying and being a white, you know, a carbon copy of somebody else's business. I don't remember what the second question is. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you kind of, you actually, you kind of answered it, which was really great. And I think I, I love that perspective. I couldn't agree a bit more. Anyone watching, listening to this, not watching, who kind of reads me enough will know that I kind of preach about why we all need to build our own methodology. And I, I couldn't agree with you more. And I guess you know what I was thinking then, Holly, which I was really curious about. You know, like you were saying, like once you start saying your favorite color is blue and then everyone starts saying their favorite color is blue and I think the thing that I worry about is say you become a thought leader in your industry and you're leading the way and you're kind of changing the conversation and putting your own ideas out there but then all these people start copying you and start saying maybe everyone starts saying the color is blue do you think that dilutes is this probably where they evolve and succeed this is probably what I'm guessing it's rooted in because is it if if everyone else starts saying it dilutes your own thought leader ideas is that then when it you is that why we always need to evolve to succeed if that makes sense yeah 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 definitely exactly so you're going to end up having uh that sort of situation all the time happening for you the bigger you become and so you constantly need to be but as long as you're consistent consistently checking in with yourself about what you think is the uh the correct thing then you're going to get you're just going to keep evolving anyways. Like your information, your experience, your advice is going to keep improving and evolving. So that's great. But if somebody's a copy of you, their advice and their experience isn't going to keep evolving. It's going to keep getting more and more disconnected because they don't know they don't know what's inside your brain. They only know that they're you know they're only repeating your message. They're not repeating the you know the expertise and the brain behind the message. So even though that's something that people worry about, and a lot of people get worried about copying and and having their shit stolen online, and that's bad. Clearly, that's very bad. Uh, You just need to ignore it, to be honest, and just keep thinking about what you think is true and keep putting in new data and figuring out if, if that article is applicable to you or if you disagree with it or if your experiences or your client's experiences um, line up with that or if you think something else. Like, think about what your industry truths are and then think about if you actually agree with them or not and then say it. Because uh, a lot of people were talking about, a lot of people talk about making six figures in your first year. And one of my first, one of my posts that I felt really passionately about was like, you can't make six figures in your first year unless you have already had tons of experience in your industry and you're coming online and you're positioning yourself as like a $10,000 per month because you've got like 10 years behind you of whatever copywriting experience for big businesses. You can't do it. So uh, I wrote that and that was actually a pivotal piece for getting noticed online yeah no I I um I I love that idea and I love that it's um there's a way to I imagine get to six figures that is purposeful you know if you're making I imagine like no I remember reading that piece like when I first discovered your blog and going through your archives like a crazy person <laughs> and um and and what I I kind of while you were describing that about kind of being a thought leader and not caring about the copycats because your ideas come from you I kind of pictured like two machines and one machine of the thought leader and the ideas come straight from the machine and then the machine of people who aren't being thought leaders and all their ideas are coming from everyone else's machine and they're all blending in together and, and the pathway of the information is not in a way that makes sense or that can evolve if you if 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 your ideas aren't coming from your own own abilities to 
make decisions and have an opinion it can't evolve and it actually can't move forward so totally and it, followers who repeat things are just like roombas they just keep going in circles suck it yeah. up whatever you drop down and I think I loved what you said at the very beginning about like not writing a blog post and feeling like you have to like backtrack on your opinion or kind of give everyone lots of different options like I feel like um we can feel pressure to do that when we first start out because it's kind of scary to position yourself believing one thing but I am much like you said I will read if I read a blog post and someone's positioning positioning their idea and their own methodology I'm going to connect with it and respect them and put them in someone in my mind as someone worth listening to even if I connect even if I agree wholly with what they're saying or not because sometimes it's actually great to listen to the ideas of people who you don't actually agree with because it keeps you thinking and it keeps you kind of curious but um if someone's just saying like you could do this you could do this or you could do this or you could do this I'm probably just going to click the x button in the corner of my screen because I'm not going to feel comfortable in that or safe in that or like I'm reading anything worth paying attention to totally totally yeah exactly (laughs) and this probably leads well onto our next one so um reasons why marketing may not be generating profit I read I'm going to put this in the show notes I read a blog post on your blog a while back and I think it was like 25 reasons why marketing may not be generating profit and it was like it was so smart and I was like, oh. it was, it was, and I, um, I know we don't have all the time in the world to go through 25 today, but you know, people right now, I mean, who are listening and they feel like they are hustling. They, are, they think they're killing it with their, like their social media marketing, their content marketing, their sales pages, and they're just not seeing the money come in the bank or the clients come through the door. What would you say are the really obvious ones that maybe they're like the really obvious reasons why marketing may not be generating profit that when they hear this from you, they're going to be like, oh God, that's why I haven't been making any money for the past God knows how many moms um it usually is because they're not specific enough to be honest the reason why a lot of people don't get traction is because they're putting out generic content that's just like how to raise your prices but how to raise your prices for a designer is going to be a different approach than how to raise your prices for a coach versus how to raise your prices for a product person like an etsy seller so the whole point is you need to start figuring out like where most people get it wrong, and these are people who have been doing it for years, is that they really don't get it specific enough. So when you start creating a specific person in mind that you're talking to, the whole piece changes. Like the specifics and the details and the stories you put into it, like it really becomes, it comes alive. Whereas if you're doing another generic piece on how to raise your sale, on how to raise your prices, what happens is that it just it melds into the background because no one knows who specifically it's for. And you know, generic advice is nice, but it's basically just a waste of time. It's just fluff because nobody can apply it to their own situation. So if you qualify your advice being like, hey, if you're a new Etsy seller, this is how you raise your prices and this is when you should raise your prices. And that's really effective. And a lot of people are afraid of really the basis of my job is to talk to people about their audience and figure out how their audience what their audience is like, like what their specific person does during their day so that I can figure out, okay, well, if you do a podcast that's two hours two hours long and they're a stay-at-home mom, she's not going to be able to listen to that if her kid's, you know, underneath the age of five or whatever. So I don't know. I don't know anything about parenting. <laughs> but um, that's, their, that's their job to be the expert in their clients. So a lot of the specifics are what make – or a lot of the um, – knowing who you're talking to is really what makes marketing so much easier. Like – your blog posts become easier to write. Your sales pages become way easier to write. Uh, your products and services, what you should be selling them, becomes way easier to create because you're thinking about their specific situation because humans are not just brains that are on the internet. Humans are complicated, um, 
situational and, you know, experiences that have so much more context to them than just, I need to make money. And so even though that might be their motivation, someone who needs to make money between like just single or married or, you know, American versus UK, like the amount of money they need to make changes, like the, the, the cultural expectations change, like all of that changes depending on who you are, your background and where you are now. So why would you that's where a lot of people just put out generic advice and they're like, why is this falling flat? And it's like, because humans are so diverse and complex, you need to figure one, you need to talk to one of them so that the other ones understand what you're saying and like what context it's in. So a lot of that is the content part um, and not digging into their ideal client. So the, the person that they talk to the most during the day is how I like to think of it. If you're talking to a whole bunch of, you know, stay at home moms during the day, those are the people who should be targeting not some sort of ideal unicorn that doesn't exist. So that's really where a lot of people get it wrong. And then the other thing I think, and I'm you know wrong for me from a marketing perspective, uh, but then the other thing is that they usually don't sell. So people hide, make it really hard to buy from you. So everyone loves spending their money when they feel like it's the right thing and that they're going to get great value from it. But if you hide your sales pages, if you don't tell people at the end of a relevant post that you can work with them on this topic, if you don't show them your prices and don't have big buttons on your sales pages so that they can find it easily and scan it, you're not making the experience to buy from you easy and pleasurable. You're making it hard and no one wants to, nobody wants to work to give you their money. So that's kind of the bullshit strategy to hide your prices in the hopes that that will make them more excited. It won't. It'll create more admin for you because they're going to you know, the people who are sort of interested will email you asking and once they find out, they'll probably not commit. So it's important for you to just put everything out there to make it really, really easy on yourself and on the people who want to work with you to to start that process. I love that. I was just I was just curious then, like what are your thoughts on soft launches and hard launches? Like where do you if there's anyone listening who's kind of thinking of launching and they're thinking of going big or going kind of easy but in a strategic way, where what what do you think is can be the most purposeful and the most kind of profitable for people? Uh, well, that, that really depends on who yeah. they are and what they're doing. Uh, really, at the end of the day, people need seven seven touches to to create the sale. So they need well, multiple touches. Seven is just a number that they found is the average number of touches, but. People need seven pieces of content or, you know, a Twitter chat around the topic that the product or service is going to sell. So it doesn't really matter how you go about it. Um, I recommend blog posts and then you direct them back to a sales page or if you go onto podcasts and talk about it. There's really no wrong there's really no wrong way of launching. It's usually people just don't talk about it enough to other people, right? Because if you've been thinking about the service or this product for months, in your head, you've already talked about it too much, right? But you haven't told anyone else on the internet. So what you need to look at is if your launch didn't go well, take a look at your external actions. What actions did I take to tell other people about this stuff? And and then see where your sales are at. Because you might have only talked about it twice, like one blog post that you put up on Twitter, and that's it. And then that's probably why your launch didn't go very well. So, I mean, giveaways, Twitter chats, you know, anything – those are fine, and I totally recommend you to get creative with your launching. But the majority of people, you just need to put blog posts up that are relevant and high value and then lead them back to a call to action to be like, this is the program for you. Um, and don't overcomplicate things like you know, put up some tweets, put up some Facebook posts that are relevant to them and promote them and then talk to people like people, not like potential wallets. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
I love that. People, not potential wallets. I think I see a lot of people kind of overcomplicating launches, like you said, and kind of, um, I always think with going big or going lighter on a launch is, I always think like it's got to fit in with your brand, how it exists now. You know, like some brands are more built for, like, for example, if I did a big crazy launch, people would be like, what the hell? Because that's not that's not my brand and that's not how I am whereas I have friends who do big crazy launches so damn well and I'm just like clapping for them on the sidelines because it suits their brand and I think um I imagine if a brand was kind of like mine one of my clients said that she loves me because I'm mellow and I didn't know if that was like a good thing or a bad thing that I'm mellow but um, <laughs> if you're like <laughs> if you're a mellow brand and you and if people are kind of like you're going crazy on this launch and being really loud it's not going to line up with kind of what you're offering and who you are and what people are going to get when they actually work with you or engage with your product so I think yeah I think I'm learning that a soft launch doesn't have to be can still be as effective and profitable as a hard launch depending on kind of just being smart about it like you said and not complicating it I, I remember reading that seven touches when I I think I remember reading it somewhere on the internet kind of when I first got started and at first I rolled my eyes but then I started to think like no that is so true like no one no one's crazy enough to buy something on first look at it you know unless they're like just an impulse buyer which I used to be no longer anymore <laughs> I used to just go into a clothes shop buy something come home never wear it <laughs> but no <laughs> but um unless, but yeah I, I <laughs> unless people have like been um told like have word of mouth recommendation yeah they don't buy really that quickly um so yeah, yeah, exactly. You're right. You know what's crazy though? You that was a perfect example because the only time I've seen someone kind of discover my brand on the same day that they invest in me is word of mouth. Like word of mouth seems to be way more powerful than them reading cuz I I kind of have built a business model and a marketing model on kind of like I want I kind of don't want to convert people on first visit. Um my kind of plan is I want people to engage with my brand, listen to my podcast, talk to me on Twitter, talk to me in like a in like a webinar, read all my content and kind of know me. And so then when they're working on with me, we've already built a relationship virtually yep. in a space of time. And so um and so when so and that might suit other people listening's business. Some other people might want to convert people more on first visit. I imagine especially if you're selling products, it's probably different than if you're selling services. But yeah, word of mouth is probably the only thing that I've seen kind of I, I wrote it in a blog post today like if you're if someone else saying how awesome you are is so much more powerful than you it could ever be you saying how awesome you are because we all think we're awesome and we're going to tell people but yeah so word of mouth is probably the only exception to the seven touches rule I imagine yeah it definitely is the most potent but I've seen some word of mouth only works like I told somebody to sign up for this amazing coaches program and then we got onto her sales page and I literally watched as the enthusiasm drained from this person, this person's face as she's scrolling through the sales page and couldn't find the fucking buy button. Like <laughs> she literally could not find it because it was so dense and so full of, and the buy now buttons were like the same color as the theme. And so they didn't stand out and like there was no space around them. So they were just squished in between all the text. And it's like, that's your most important part of real estate is your buy now button. And People hide it and they make it small and they make it the same color as their theme because they're afraid of making their theme look ugly. But a buy now button should be glaringly obvious and that doesn't mean pretty, that means effective. And so like it was just, it was a really good marketing example of being like, well, word of mouth doesn't mean anything if like your sales pages or, you know, your website or the process is too hard. So yeah, totally. I was just like, ugh, 
that was a bad, that was a, that was a weird <laughs> moment. The coach lost thousands of dollars because she just couldn't be bothered or didn't want to change her sales page. Uh, that's you kind of need like all your ducks in order all lined up I think that's the phrase to kind of you need to tick all the boxes if it's going to work because it's like you said word of mouth but with a crappy sales page that you actually made me realize my buy now buttons are the same color of my uh because I didn't want big red ugly buttons that go against my branding so now (laughs) it's okay everybody does the same but I mean and it depends on your branding like if you have a whole bunch of red branding the red buy now button's not going to be applicable because it won't stand out but the majority of people have like so you know cool colors online so red buttons stand out pretty well but yeah it happens to everyone and they put like words around like yeah so sales pages are pretty crucial in your business because like a lot of people and I've seen a lot of people up close trying to start businesses for the first time. And it usually takes a couple of different times and different business ideas to finally find one that works. But usually what happens is they get so caught up in the content creation idea or like the cool things that they're going to do and the things they're going to make that they actually don't succeed because they don't connect with people first and find out what the people want. And then they also don't focus on creating something that will sell. They just create something that they, makes them feel good. So, yeah, it's really crucial that they you connect with the people that are around you and then you see out see what they're struggling with or how you can help or what they might like. And then you create that and you use sales pages to sell it right away. Like you don't send an idea, you just you test it to see if it works or not. And then that's the problem is a lot of people get into business being like, "Oh, I'll come up with this beautiful idea that I love and then it'll sell." And it doesn't do that. You have to focus on selling something that people actually want. Um as a business to thrive. Yeah, no, like I'm, yeah, I couldn't, I'm all for purpose and passion. Like my business is rooted in that, but it also has to be rooted in business smarts because like you said, if we're creating services and products because they make us feel good, we're doing it. We're just digging ourselves a hole full of no profit and maybe even debt and just sleepless, sleepless nights. Whereas like, yeah, we have to create, this is what I see a lot of my clients struggle with. And this is probably even what I struggled with in the beginning is we think we know what our audience needs and wants, but if we're not listening to them and if we're not talking to them on a daily basis, and and people are busy, but you got to connect with your community first and foremost, if you're going to know what they are looking for and what they need, because especially like they could be going through problems that you don't know that they're going through and they could have frustrations that you don't know they're going through. So listening to your audience, talking to them and kind of just detaching your ego from your business decisions is kind of, that is like kind of a rule I have. Like when I, even though I work, I work from my bed, I'd say like at least 50% of the week. But my rule is when I go to work, even if it's still in my bed, I leave my ego at the door because my ego help makes me make terrible business decisions have you I don't know if you've noticed that like in your clients or yourself but like I have to leave the the my terrible ego like the one that makes me think that I know best and the one that makes me put too much fear on failure instead of just doing it and seeing how it goes and then figuring it out as I go I have to leave that at the door because that's the only way I can kind of be ballsy and kind of service be of service instead of being in service to myself if that makes sense yeah that's really cool I usually just tell people I don't deal with their feelings because when it comes to business feelings don't really matter unfortunately (laughs) it's 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 harsh but true in lots of ways like on when I'm having a freak out about business I kind of have to slap myself and be like you chose this you chose this as your life um yeah you love it yeah you care about it but it's a business and I don't think you know you you, I I'm a very feelingsy person I'm I'm mellow and I I cry a lot but (laughs) (laughs) but sometimes egos and 
tears have to be left at the door like when like when things are going bad even you still even have to leave feelings out of it because you can only make a strategic and wise decision when you're thinking about your business and not about your feelings if that makes sense yeah yeah yeah. I mean I think a lot of people when it comes to launching as well is like oh I feel like this launch is going to fail and it's like well that doesn't actually bear anything onto reality like the only thing that's going to make this fail is actions so if it doesn't fail, it's not because you didn't think right or because you didn't manifest right. It's because you didn't actually put anything out there to make it work. So if you're just thinking about it and feeling about it, it's not going to work. But if you're actually doing stuff, it's going to work. So, Or it might not. I mean, I don't know. But then you're actually going to get real results instead of basing it on the way you feel. And really, those those feelings don't matter. It's just what you do to make to, to try and accomplish your end goal, which I know is pretty much contradictory to all all the blogs out there that talk about feelings and thinking but that's what I find (laughs) (laughs) no I mean number one I love your insight to have it on here and number two like I you know like I probably I I'm a feelings person probably because I am probably more here to serve lifestyle businesses if that makes sense but um but yeah no sometimes when I'm having sleepless nights and freaking out about things it doesn't do me any good to worry about my feelings it does me good to set sometimes it's like even treating your business as not so much attached to you sometimes you just have to separate yourself from it and act like you're a CEO of a company and um, what does the company need what does the business need instead of making it all about you because um, that's what keeps us small I think as well and and we have to think bigger whether we want a lifestyle business or a crazy on huge game-changing online empire we still have to make sure that we're thinking big and we're kind of being having business smarts when we need the business smarts is what I think and I (laughs) something I loved the other evening I was on Periscope and I was watching Hallie talk about avoiding the bullshit online and I had to put it on our list of things to talk about today because you were just saying what needed to be said in a lot of ways. But number two, you weren't saying it in, in an aggressive way. You were saying it in a really kind of, you wanted to, like, it was encouraging for anyone who kind of realizing how much the bullshit can kind of damage our journey in a lot of ways, if you know what I mean. And I think um, I'd love to hear kind of what your advice would be for people who need to avoid the bullshit online and kind of, um, yeah, for avoiding the bullshit online. over. <laughs> Is this the wrong time to admit that I've kind of forgotten what I said about this? <laughs> <laughs> no, maybe that that's why Periscope's so good. It doesn't save it. So you can act like you, you said it. And unless someone watching, listening, watched it too, who can, who can be like, no, how you say it differently than that? But I'm sure, I'm sure the premise of it is exactly the same. Okay. Um, well, basically, I think I was ranting because uh, what happens is that, oh, I think, yeah, no, I remember what I was saying. Um, so there's a lot of people online who market themselves basically based on their own success. So they're saying, I make six figures, but they, you have no way to prove that, right? So you have no way to get into their bank accounts and say, hey, oh, okay, actually they do make six figures or they're a millionaire or whatever. So people, sometimes you need to be very critical and cynical about what other people are saying online and how valid it is. And I mean, this kind of comes back to being a thought leader as well. You can't just digest stuff and take it as the truth because someone that you you know you want to be friends with or you you think is really cool or has amazing hair um, said it. So, oh man, I'm gonna offend so many people with the, with the way I say things. Anyway, so basically, what's coming it came down to is that there's no way for you. You know, you need to be very, very protective and and. Um, 
and I've been online, I feel like I've been online for ages as a dinosaur, but there are definitely people who have been online longer. And there's a lot of people who will say stuff, any stuff they want to get you to come in and give you their money. And so that's kind of like, you need to get really, really critical and you need to get really, really protective of who you believe. And then the second part of that, I think, was um, also saying that people are going to tell you that business, running a business is really easy and that you're going to make six figures in the first year, which I've already rolled my eyes at. And that, you know, you're not doing it right if you're not succeeding. And actually, it's kind of bullshit because I've worked with a lot of big coaches who have been online for years and none of them are doing as well as you might hope or as might, as might look like from the outside because with a good website, it covers all sins, right? So the reality yeah. <laughs> of business online is that the majority of people that you probably admire are probably making like a solid mid to high five figures. They're probably struggling with launches just like you are. They're probably hoping to do better but not sure why they're not. Like the lot, People are just humans online and the websites make us seem a lot cooler because they're always perfect and they're always saying the right thing. And that's the beauty of a website is that they're your 24-7 salesman or salesperson. So there's a lot of bullshit online about being – uh, about people pretending because, you know, sometimes people pretend or act like they're big before they're big because that actually, that actually works sometimes. So it's not actually an invalid strategy. It's just that you as a person needs to be a little bit more, uh, take a look at that their actions are actually lining up with the results they're talking about. So basically it's like saying, all right, getting a little critical, there's a lot of bullshit of people like starting in a new industry and they don't have any, they don't have any experience to back them up. And that might be you right now, but what I'm saying is that if you're saying that you can get, make people six figures, but you yourself have not made six figures, that you know that's not going to work. That's a brand disconnect, and that's bullshit. So don't sell that. That's not that's not something that you should be selling. You know, if you can tell people, well, I know how to set up, you know, a logo or whatever, because I used to do that in my day job, and I can also help you with the feelings aspect of business. Then sweet, sell that. That's something that you can do that you genuinely know how to do. So um, I think that's what I was talking about. I, I, I definitely got a little ranty because I was having a conversation <laughs> with someone else, and I was like, oh, man, I should talk about this. But basically, <laughs> business is hard, and if it feels hard, then it, you're, doing, you're doing fine, and just focus on selling um, and just be aware that you continually need to keep pushing and that even though you might admire someone, they're human, and they're probably not doing as well as you think they're doing because unless you see their bank statements, there's no way to, to prove that they're doing it <laughs> was that it because I feel like I'm no yeah. yeah no that was that was perfect and I hope I hope people listening got exactly what I got from that which was actually encouraging like it's it's you have to put a bubble up between your business and the rest of the world because because I have this belief that we a shouldn't consume advice we should we should consume ideas um that's kind of my and I also I try and have at least one free day weekend a month where I don't consume a single thing on the internet I don't read a single blog post I don't listen to a single podcast I don't even go on Twitter because um I think it's really important to not rely on the information and the ideas of others because if you can if you if you need other people to be a jumping off point for your growth for your ideas or your content you're not building anything that's going to sustain you in the long run and I think um yeah, and I, and I couldn't agree more. And I think with um, the people who are out there and, and they feel like they have to be something they're not to succeed, it's like, no, because there's people who you can serve crazy, crazy well. And you might not think it's valuable because you're seeing six-figure coaches and six-figure 
product developers kind of doing crazy awesome things but um everyone's got to start somewhere and you can probably serve the people who are a few steps behind you more than the six-figure people because you can remember more now what it's like to be them than they can if that makes sense so I think tapping into your own expertise and owning it and, and just growing at the right pace instead of just looking I think we just cannot put people on pedestals at all because it it it's not we're not here to be fangirls we're here to respect and admire and kind of support but we're not here would would if we're going to be grown up business owners we're not here to be fangirls if that makes sense and I think um yeah and everyone's human and yeah I'm I'm with you on a lot of those things you said and I'm I'm glad you brought it to the podcast I I I don't think you're friendly anymore and the hair the hairline made me laugh because I was like oh no one's gonna admire my hair because I've cut my own hair for the past two years so. <laughs> looks good in the bio I'm seeing the biopic <laughs> oh no well that that was gonna be like a year ago so I should really update my, uh, my headshots but no I, I cut my own hair which is that's a probably a podcast for a whole different type of show but um but yeah i've definitely tried that myself with bangs and it's never gone well oh i want anyone who i mean like picture like Haley williams in like a bad paramore video like i once cut my hair like that and i didn't leave the house for about a moment thankfully i was at university so i could just you know cut classes yeah. but um yeah now i cut my fringe and i've got it down to a t so anyone who wants to know my secrets just email me you know the best advice i can give to you <laughs> probably <not> myself <laughs> but no thank you hallie you've been awesome i've got two questions that i ask everyone who comes on the show but um the last the first one is um, anyone who's listening right now what would be your biggest advice if they're working crazy damn hard to make big things happen what would be your biggest advice for them to take away this is where my marketing mind has trouble when we say big things what do we mean what's big to them okay so it's big it could be making six figures or it could just be changing their life for me making big things was a profitable business which wasn't six I don't need six figures but I needed I need money to pay the rent and pay the bills and help me buy a second cat yeah but, exactly <laughs> Yeah, I guess you know what? I like people who come on the show to answer this question in a way that in a way that is connects to you and your business. So I guess what you define big things as for you in how you serve people, maybe apply it to them, if that makes sense. Uh okay. So personally I always keep finding new things to tr to experiment with because I get bored pretty easily. So finding new technology or new strategies to experiment and see if they work or not and then bring it into my audience because that I think is really important um, businesses definitely evolve and that's why my name the name for my business evolve succeed because if you're not evolving online you're basically just going to go extinct because it's continually changing environment and you need to constantly be bringing your best game forward and testing things for your audience and making sure that they're really great so it's important to always be looking out for new data and analyzing it and seeing if it's applicable so that you can succeed. Um, I think the majority of where people get frustrated is that they have weird expectations that no one else is able to live up. Like this is why I got so angry about that make for you know six figures in your first year is that I saw a lot of people going into business expecting to make six figures in the first year because they've been told by someone they trust that that's possible. And then what happens is that they quit after the first year because they invested like $30,000 thinking that they would make that back easily or something. And all that happened is they made $4,000 and then, it, you know, the math didn't add up because that's an unrealistic expectation. So for me, it would, it's definitely like, I think the reason where most people go get it wrong is that they, they spend too much time in their heads and they don't spend enough time creating actions 
and seeing which actions work or not. And so that's kind of just the basic strategy is you see something new, you try it, you see if it works or give it enough time to see if it works. And then you continue and repeat or you, uh, you stop and you ignore it. So yeah, I guess that would be my general strategy. It's pretty hard when I'm not talking to someone specific about what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, no, def- definitely it is it is hard. But no, thank you. That's I um I love that. I love that. And also I have a really off topic question. In your Facebook group, when you welcome people into the group, you ask three awesome questions and the last question is what's your favorite dinosaur and I'm curious is that because dinosaurs go extinct and you want people to think about how they don't want to go extinct but or do you just love dinosaurs yeah I wish it was something deep like that first bit but no it's actually just because I love dinosaurs and I don't (laughs) want people to think that it's a super stuffy group because it isn't and we're going to swear and we're probably going to talk about inappropriate things while we're talking about business stuff (laughs) so it's more about just setting the tone of being like we're all 12 isn't this fun (laughs) <laughs> so yeah, I wish it was something deep like extinction. But I mean, I, originally I was going to call my business "Evolve or Die," but it was a little bit aggressive, so I pulled it back a bit. <laughs> but it was going to be all dinosaur based. It, it, it's, it's definitely evolved since I <laughs> since I first had this thought. So yeah, no, definitely get in Holly's Facebook group if, <laughs> because it's awesome. The people in there are. The people in there are fearless and funny. I love it. I'm I'm a really shy person on the internet, so maybe I don't talk in there enough. But people in there are awesome, and I love I love the vibe in your Facebook group. So yeah, definitely. I'm gonna put a link in the show notes, but definitely get on over to that. And then the last question is, what are you making happen right now, and how can we check you out? How can people listening buy from you if they listen? They're like, who's this woman? She's amazing. <laughs> I need to work with her. And how can we get involved and kind of just support you along the way in what you're doing? Um. Well, currently I've got some products that you can. And, and programs you can check out on my shop page on my uh, on my website, which is basically um, one's about perfect set of testes guide. So basically, how testimonials are so important and people aren't using them right because they're actually super awesome and they're basically like infusing your you can infuse your own website full of word of mouth, um, and that's basically like a guide that helps you go through it. Uh, and I'm, so then, and then there's one about sales pages, a sales page e-course that is teaching you how to infuse your sales pages with marketing strategies and um, specific a specific structure that helps all my clients uh, or my clients get make more money with their launches and their sales and their services. So basically, it's just a method that I teach my clients so that they can get booked out and make more money from their programs. Uh, currently, what I'm working on is a new program that I'm putting out called Cash Coffee Course, which is basically going to be about how to pre-sell an idea with a sales page, which I, yeah, which is really cool because that's how I basically did my own, that's how I started my business is just basically taking a sales page, putting it up there, talking to people about it. And then if the idea worked, it worked. And if it didn't work and it didn't sell in the first week or so, I took it down and I tried a new idea. So if you're in the beginning in the business, that's like a great way to test your ideas and to evolve quicker than some people because you don't want to be precious about what you're selling. If it's not selling, you need to get rid of it. And that's something that a lot of people struggle with because they're so connected to their ideas and it doesn't work at all. You need to be really ruthless with what you're selling and how you're selling it. And if it works, keep it. And if it doesn't, get rid of it and move on to something else because you don't have time to waste around when it comes to making money. I love that. That is the perfect uh, idea. That's the perfect phrase to leave this show on. That was perfect, Hallie. Thank you so much for coming on today. This has been perfect. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Really great to be on here and talk to you. 
And there we have it, episode number 17 of the Make It Happen podcast. Thank you so much for listening today and make sure you head over to jennypur.co.uk for even more purposeful and practical insights and resources for freelancers, bloggers and creative entrepreneurs.